BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the 15th episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporter's Awards Podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and I'm so happy to be joined on this episode by Blythe Danner, a great actress of stage and screen who's celebrating her 50th year in the acting profession, and yet also her first leading role, if you can believe it, in a movie, namely Brett Haley's I'll See You in My Dreams, which came out earlier this year and was very appreciated by adults who are kind of starved of movies for them outside of the Oscar season. The fact that this movie was released outside of the Oscar season, however, doesn't mean that it won't be part of it. And to that point, I think it's worth noting that Blythe Danner was a Best Actress nominee at Monday night's Gotham Independent Film Awards, which are one of the more important precursors ahead of the Oscars. Now, speaking of the Gotham Independent Film Awards, let's talk about what's happened over the past week, as we always do, before we get to our conversation with our guests. And yes, the Gotham Awards were one of the more noteworthy events of this week, along with the Film Independent Spirit Awards nomination. So the two big groups that celebrate work in independent films both made some news this week, and both seem to agree on the fact that Spotlight and Carol are the year's two most beloved movies among the indie film community. Carol led the Spirit Awards with six nominations, while Spotlight won the Best Feature and Best Screenplay prizes at the Gotham Awards, in addition to receiving a special jury prize for its terrific cast. Other films which registered strongly with both indie groups include Tangerine, which was shot entirely on iPhones and was nominated for the top honors at both groups, and won the Best Breakthrough Actress Award for its trans actress star, Maya Taylor, at the Gotham Awards, and The Diary of a Teenage Girl, for which Belle Pauly won the Best Actress Award at the Gotham Awards and was nominated for that same prize at the Spirit Awards. More mixed messages were sent, though, about Love and Mercy and Room. The sole nomination for Love and Mercy at the Spirit Awards went to Paul Dano in the Best Supporting Actor category. Dano 
was also the winner at the Gotham Awards for Best Actor. So category confusion may be a problem there, but he is popping from that movie. Meanwhile, from Room, which is a movie that seems to be quite strong in and outside of the indie community, Brie Larson was the standout. She was the only major nominee at the Spirit Awards for the film, and she was nominated against Pally at the Gotham Awards. Meanwhile, this week we are also expecting news from the National Board of Review Awards, which will announce their honorees this week, and then we'll present them next month. Also, the New York and Los Angeles film critics groups are going to announce their big winners, which is something that can give a boost to a lower-profile film or performance at, at an important time. And the Academy will announce its Best Documentary Feature shortlist, culling down a list of 124 to 15, from which the eventual five nominees will be chosen. At this point, almost all of the major Oscar contenders have been unveiled. We have yet to see In the Heart of the Sea, which at one time was thought to be a serious contender, and we have yet to see Star Wars The Force Awakens, which will have its world premiere on December 14th. But we have now seen David O. Russell's Joy, which stars Jennifer Lawrence, and we have now seen The Hateful Eight, which is Quentin Tarantino's latest. And we'll have more to say about those once their review embargoes have lifted in a matter of days. But for now, let's turn the focus of this podcast back to Blythe Danner, the widow of Bruce Paltrow, the mother of Gwyneth and Jake Paltrow, and surely one of the classiest ladies and most talented actresses in the business. It's an honor to have her with us, and let's go to that conversation. Well, thank you so much for coming and doing this, and it's so great to have you. And um, I think one thing that we need to say off the bat is that this is your 50th year in this business, <laughs> so uh, mazel tov. And, mm. and had it, can thank you believe you. it? You know what? I, I think because I've never had any expectations, I mean, I really have had a career that's been, um, I'm always a company member, always have been, I've, I'm so used to playing supporting roles and uh really have been very content with that i mean never had a great surging desire to be a movie star so <laughs> uh, i've done a lot of leads and broadway yeah. shows but never have in a film so this is just a complete and utter delightful just a delightful delightful surprise and what a way to celebrate 50 years in the business it really is terrific and i and i have to say i it was a treat for me to finally uh, see you on Broadway because I've started covering the Tonys now and about uh, within the last year I think it was the the country house you were so good in and Thank uh, you. and but when you were first embarking on a career as an actor did you solely imagine it as a as a theater career or did you always have an ambition for getting into screen acting as well it was really the theater mm -hmm. that's where I felt the most comfortable the little bit of film I did way back in the beginning was, uh, to me, constricting. You know, it was the physicality, the freedom. I, I've always been a physical mm -hmm. person, and and I just didn't know what to make of it when mm -hmm. I was, when I no, don't move off your mark. Yeah. What are you doing? You yeah. know, don't make that face. Or <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just found it uh, horrific. I did not like it. I said, oh, I'm never going to be doing this. And, uh, and I didn't for a long time, and when I did, I was usually pretty uncomfortable and then there were things along the way that made me you know better roles but were more three-dimensional that made me feel more comfortable well I'm going to bring up a couple of those in a minute but first of all do you remember why you first tried acting in the first place and when you knew that this was was what you wanted to do was there a moment I don't know if there was a moment I went to a wonderful Quaker school in um 
Bucks County, Pennsylvania, George School, that had a wonderful drama department. But even earlier than that, my parents were beautiful people who sang, had the most gorgeous singing voices. And my dad was known as the singing banker in Philadelphia because he would (laughs) moonlight, you know, doing church jobs and different jobs. And uh, my mother and father met at the Choral Arts Society, actually, in Philadelphia. They both had beautiful, beautiful voices. So they would do the PTA shows, and she'd be glamorous and dressed up, and and Dad would... He was funny because he could never remember his lines, so he would write them on his cuff Ah. or his hands. I inherited that, I'm afraid, (laughs) as you heard my story. And um, But they transformed themselves, you know, from the everyday... The people they were, and I just found it so seductive. I think that probably was the first alluring thing about it. That you could just be somebody else. <laughs> yeah, and then that grew, that desire for that and the, the pleasure of that as I got older was I, I loved escaping from my own persona into somebody else's, and I still love that. I find a freedom in it that I don't have as a person. That's so interesting. <laughs> so you go off to, I believe, Bard College, right? And was it there that you began formally studying more so or or was uh, you know how much was theater a part of your life or acting a part of your life when you were there well it was a major in in theater so it was a big Big part part of it and and then sang and philosophy it was a it's a wonderful school it still is even probably be more academic than it was back then but it was a it was a wonderful place to just we had many different kinds of teachers we had someone from the English uh, had been at the, uh, the young Vic, oh, yeah. or the old yeah, Vic, yeah, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had a very technical person and a very, and then a very method person. So we were getting a whole wonderful cross. That's great. Yeah. And did you adopt a particular approach, or how, <laughs> how would you articulate the way that you go about it? No, I think it's just a hodgepodge. You know, it's a, it sort of depends on what it, on what it is. I'm always going back to. I guess what you would call the method, but there are, t- there are certain roles that kind of spring and f- surprise yourself and do something you yeah. weren't didn't think were method at all. Working from the outside in, usually uh, the method's the opposite. It's working right. from the inside out, but it really depends on the role, I think. So at a very, very young age, right, not long after coming out of college, you were a hit on the stage. It, that was that was a surprise too. I'd gone to I'd gone into the Trinity Square Playhouse in Rhode Island and did some checkoff there, and then um, went to the theater company in Boston, which had had just, uh, excuse me, Bobby Duval and mm. Dustin Hoffman, uh, such a, a great range of actors working there, and and that was sort of inspiring. I got to, got to work there, um, and then came into New York, and soon after, I think I did one. Off Broadway play, which opened and closed, and, <laughs> and uh, actually met my husband another at another play for another play sure. that opened and closed as well, sadly. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then Butterflies of Free came along, and I remember thinking, "Oh, this isn't a serious play. I, you know, I don't, I don't think I should do this. I'm a really serious actress." <laughs> and I met with the director Milton Casellas, who mm-hmm. was a wonderful teacher here mm-hmm. for many years, and. Uh, he said, I think we can do something with this. And I was, you know, that kind of head in the clouds, grand ideas of doing serious stuff. And then that was the thing that was so well received. And, and sort of catapulted you. Yeah, I mean, I think you won the Tony for that. I won the that. Tony for that, and yeah. At what age was this? 26. 
that's unbelievable. Yeah. Was were you able to process how how unusual that is at that time? I you know I hate to admit it because it sounds so ungrateful, but I didn't really enjoy it. Really? I, all of a sudden there was all this. My, well, my husband said when he first met me, I used to back into rooms. I really? was very kind of shy. He was, I think, one of the reasons I embraced him so much is he was just the most wonderful, warm extrovert. He yeah, yeah. loved people. He was just out there, you know, embracing life, and I was sort of the opposite and um, shy. And so I, I didn't really enjoy it very much, which was terrible. I think I was too young, maybe, to appreciate what it was, you know, and. Not the twenty six is that young, but it, that having pretty young. A young, a young yeah. time, a early time in my career, and I was telling this story to somebody the other night that I, after I won the Tony, I got this huge applause when I came on stage, and and it ruined my entrance because I had timed this very intricate kind of physical thing. I yeah. almost somersault and <laughs> it was just timed perfectly and. And I goofed, I completely goofed up on it, and I was furious. <laughs> Isn't that awful? I well, mean, I be, mean, it's a, But to say, well, I win an award, and that's why I get an applause, and they messed up my under. <laughs> so it was really kind of ridiculous. But I, it was a time when I felt, you know, kind of, it was excruciating in a way to be all of a sudden in the focus of ex- and people expecting more of you, I think. And at that moment, I remember thinking, I think I'm just going to get married and have kids. And you were going to walk. You were ready to walk away from the the whole career. Well, it was bizarre. I, I mean, I loved acting so much, but I didn't enjoy that whole experience yeah. that much. So yeah. I did actually. I got married and started having kids pretty soon after that. And and was were there a few years there that you just took off, or or uh, were you able to simultaneously continue? Uh, acting while raising the kids. I, I I would take off if I had a good babysitter or a good, you know, we didn't always have, I didn't always plan all that very well. Mm-hmm. So if I had somebody good, I'd take a job. And then sometimes it was something dreadful. <laughs> and then once I was offered a couple of really great things and I didn't, so I didn't right. go away. You know? right. I mean, I was never planning to go away uh, anyway, but it, Bruce and I would take turns. If mm-hmm. one of us was home, the other made sure that we, I mean, if one of us was away, sure, the other would sure. Be home. When did the first film opportunities present themselves? Because you you mentioned that mm. I'll see you in my dreams was your is your first leading role, but you've been in some excellent films over the years, and I don't yeah. know if what was the what was the first? Oh gosh, the first one is one I'd really like to forget. It was <laughs> called. It, it was finally called To Kill a Clown. It was with Alan Alda, who I adored, mm-hmm. and a young man from Canada. Heath. Oh, boy, he's going to kill me. <laughs> and um, we got to the set. It was a really good script. And we went down to the Grand Bahama Island to shoot it. And the director took the script and threw it in the in the ocean <laughs> and said, we're going to improvise. And I what? That's Had you not, ever improvised That's before? not what I signed yeah, on for. Right. Well, in acting class, I wasn't bit, terribly yeah. good at it. Yeah. I mean, Alan's brilliant at it, but... Still, it was it just did not come together. Right. I mean, it was kind of tragic because the s- script was so good. Yeah, yeah. It really was a very good script. And it just didn't pan out the way. So I think that, and that was some of the worst work. I, I couldn't even watch it. I was <laughs> talking up in this little voice. And it was oh, just a terrible work. And that was the first one that I did. What was the first one that you were proud to be a part oh, of? Oh, gosh. Well, probably... Uh, Great Santini. I was going to guess yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, and here you are. So I guess again with Duval, right? 
reunited with That's the That's right. Yeah, I actually didn't work with Bobby up in Boston, but I was sitting there and, you know, getting ready to work. Right. He would And just mouth open, draw, dropping beautiful work. He, yeah. he was, and so I was thrilled to work with him. Now, I'm just going to mention a few other film roles over the years that if you have a thought or whatever, like whatever first comes to mind. But <laughs> Brighton Beach Memoirs? Oh, I actually, I really enjoyed that a lot. I mean, yeah. we were, Judy and Ivy, uh, Judy, Ivy, and I were criticized for not being Jewish and being <laughs> cast in those roles. And I said, well, she's just like my grandmother. My, you know, I mean, I just tried to play my grandmother. Right. And uh, my favorite line in that was, there are no bones and liver. <laughs> When he wouldn't need his liver. <laughs> yes. Jonathan yes. Silverman, it was so wonderful. Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. Oh, that, well, that too was a wonderful experience with with Joanne and Paul. Yeah. And the one, the most difficult role I had, a uh, scene I had was with Joanne before the that character I played kills herself. Mm-hmm. And it was very, you know, she was wonderful to play with. Yeah. Very, very giving. And sure. That was, uh, that was a very good experience. The Prince of Tides. Prince of Tides adored Barbara mm-hmm. Streisand, who directed, and Nick was so great. I I really loved working with Barbara because she had so understood an actor's pain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> trying to do. I had to do an emotional scene, and I was never very good back then at being able to get the emotion at the right time mm-hmm. and the pressure. You know, we're rolling, mm-hmm. and um, and she was so tender and kind and uh, terrific. I admired her because she had sort of a tough crew on that. I was there at the very beginning of the shoot mm-hmm. and I thought those guys were were t- tough on her. They, they were, were giving her a hard time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. I, she was such a lady. She yeah. really uh, handled it so well. Mm-hmm. She never lost it. She never, she, she dealt with it. It was behind the scenes. Um, but I grew very fond yeah. of her and I wonder why she great doesn't respect. direct much anymore. Uh, I, I know, know she should. Well, yeah. I think it probably takes a heck of a lot out of yeah, you when you're, you're right. giving your all and having to be um, there 24-7, basically. Yeah. I don't know. She should, though, because she's very, very good. Interesting. And husbands and wives? Oh, yeah. I did yeah. three with Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, uh, so that's right. So I got cut out of that, so <laughs> it was ambivalent. Well, well of the three, which, which, so there were, what, can you recount your experience with him overall, though? Alice, I think, was the, I had a good scene with yes, Mia. Yes, yes. And um, that was that was a nice experience. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great to be there. You know, he's so, he's so interesting to be around. I mean, he just, hello, here you are, and I'll right. stand here. <laughs> and I just remember be, when, sometimes I would say, oh, he did not, or I, I would, Separate the those, but I wouldn't run them together like he didn't. And he, uh, that was my biggest correction from Woody. He said, no, and he'd kind of talk to me like I said, "Oh, you just want me to do you?" <laughs> <laughs> Is that what your sense was? Yeah, a little bit. Because it seems like actually, in in almost every, you know, now he no longer kind of acts too much too often in his movies, but there does seem to be somebody as his surrogate. Yes, you know, very, very much so. I think. And of course, I have to mention uh, the Fokker family and Meet the Parents and its sequels. Was I mean, when that came along, uh, first of all, do you did you ever get an indication of 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 why that particular role came to you? No, I actually you're hilarious. In it. And I, I actually don't. I think had I already done some Will and Grace, I must have by mm-hmm. then. Gee, I got all you know. We did them basically five years apart. Sure. Three of them. And maybe that was it, because, you know, the character in Will and Grace was, was funny. Yes. And actually, the girl in Butterflies Are Free was very yeah. funny, but I never got cast much in comedy. 
I, I don't know. I went in and read with Bob, and I, I never did ask them what was why they, why they thought of me for that. But it was it was a ball. It was really it's, just. People, I sort of <laughs> sat back and would wave from the background and and, and enjoy watch them <laughs> watch that gang together and learned a lot. You know, it was was it's great. great. And then one that's not a big screen role, but a screen role that was excellent, uh, Huff. Can you? Oh, yeah. I loved Izzy, that character. Mm. A complicated, again, you know, chance to get a three-dimensional woman with, with a tongue, a sharp tongue. And uh, that was a real... I, I loved her because I could really just jump into the blue. Yeah. And it was a, a real departure for me. Not that I don't have a sharp tongue and can't be bitchy, but no. <laughs> but uh, she was to the third dimension or degree. And it was very, uh, very celebrated. I think, wasn't there one evening, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but you were basically nominated for three <laughs> Emmys? Yeah. My my son called me from New York and said, Mom! I, he woke me up and said, You've not... You got three nominations. I said, "What?" <laughs> that was that was. Bizarre. I mean, that's got. Is that is there any precedent for that? I think someone told me Glenda Jackson or Alan Alda. I think maybe the two of them. But pretty, a uh, pretty exclusive company. That's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and you did, for the record, win for Huff. For Huff. Right? Yeah. The two the two years. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a real thrill. So. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We get it. Distractions happen. That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. Its two-sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com US. Okay, coming back to I'll See You in My Dreams, which I think people may not realize. This story about um, people finding love later than you would expect to see in a movie based on the kinds of movies that get made. These This was written, directed, edited by a filmmaker in his 20s. In and his I just 20s. wonder if you can uh, talk about, you know, the guy, Brett Haley. How does, how does such a young guy, A, tap into this understanding, and B, convince such a, a great actress to star in a very early film for him? Oh, you know, I've always loved indies, and I always have get... Uh, some of them have never been seen. but And so you, you just... Um, actually, the only reason I almost turned it down was because I was in every scene, and I was kind of intimidated by that. And my agent said, oh, you know, you've got to do this. I said, but I don't want to let myself down or him down. Because you were concerned about stamina. The stamina, yeah. yeah. But, um, it, you know, he wrote it because... So I just read the script yeah. and thought it was terrific and met him and uh, could not understand how he could come to this insight. But he explained to me that at the time, I think he was really thinking a lot about death and life and death and, and how to, how he was going to proceed in his life as a young filmmaker who wasn't able to get anything going and feeling discouraged and going through all of these, uh, you know, this this whole 
spectrum of emotions and feelings. And he said, I want to get it on, I want to get down what I'm feeling on paper, mm-hmm. but who's going to really be interested in a 29 year old, you know, kvetching about his, <laughs> his tr- troubles and getting his career going. So he, he, uh, decided to put it into the body of a 70 year old woman. And, and actually he and Martin Starr did a terrific thing. They went out and, and to Kickstarter mm-hmm. and they went to interview a lot of people in a retirement mm-hmm. home and they were terrific people and and it's it, i think people were really and not that they gained that much of a you know foothold for the financing sure. through that but they did start that way and yeah. they did really got some wonderful interviews from people who tended who turned out to be the extras in our movie. is that right wow <laughs> which was fun but i was very taken with him he's a very um upbeat guy and I thought that this was such a quiet film and I thought is he gonna you know we're gonna have to go real inward with this Mm -hmm. film and I was a little nervous initially because he had so much energy yeah but he just immediately knew how to create a a whole ambiance on the set that was so so beautiful and easy he just made it feel so effortless well, let me ask you this. Do you like it when you can relate to a character? Is it, does it make your job easier if there are things about a character you can relate to or or not? Is it easier to just yeah. lose yourself in somebody that's completely different? Oh, well, I, and I think some of this is theater training. Mm-hmm. But as I said, with Izzy, I loved the fact that she was so different from yeah. me and I could the spring poured into another world, right. which was actually very freeing and felt terrific Mm -hmm. and then uh carol and see you in my dreams is actually very close to me um i'm much more scatterbrained than she is i love (laughs) the fact that she was so so focused and Mm -hmm. sort of serene in her she's heading to the last chapter of her life but she's doing it without a lot of fear and trepidation you know and she uh, she has this shell around her uh, protection but i think uh, it kind of falls away unconsciously. And I think it's kind of why people have related to it because he didn't nail down certain things in her life mm-hmm. that she has to do. You know, she he made it very ambivalent in mm-hmm. a way. And I, and I think that's why people have responded to it too because like I, at one point I said, well, why doesn't she read to children or why doesn't she have, you know, do social service? And, mm-hmm. he's, and he never really answered it, but I understood afterwards. It's There's a kind of every woman aspect of her right you know the every man every woman and and i think that's made her it was very attractive to to people that she um was someone who had a kind of a tough core uh, shell anyway. yeah. and i and i like that about her she you know kind of a wise guy it reminded me <laughs> of like a barbara stanwick right character right. or somebody from another era right. she had that no nonsense, wise wise guy thing, which I think is very attractive in women, and it's not written very often. No, no, uh, that's a. I guess who were, who were the old guys that would do that? Great Preston Surges, mm. maybe, or some of those mm-hmm. some of those folks. But I guess one thing here, uh, you know, you you mentioned your husband earlier, and I think it's now been thirteen years since you lost him. And yeah. is it painful or cathartic to now kind of have to relive some of the? The grief that oh. I'm sure you know anyone under those circumstances goes through. Here, your character on the screen is also a, a widow. I think her 
her relationship with her children is not as as nice as yours is. You, you, yours have been from everything I can see, just so gushingly uh, proud about their mom. But um, well, uh, with a <laughs> degree, to a degree. <laughs> but I mean, was it painful or cathartic to kind of go into the skin of somebody who's still? kind of uh, in a funk from losing her, her spouse. Yeah, I think it would have been more uh, traumatic or painful if Brett hadn't created such a, a wonderful place to work. It just came off the page. Mm-hmm. The, um, it, the emotion, everything was just there to come to access, and, I, and I'm, I was grateful. I remember after one scene, I looked up and said, thank you, Brucey, you know, you helped mm-hmm. me out, yeah. because I was able to just zone in and, and all the all of those emotions yeah. are, I mean you're an actor you have to call on your sure. past I, and it's not cheating because it's, it's real you've got it it's there to be called upon sure well maybe it is cheating but <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes right <laughs> yeah. yeah now just if you can maybe fill in a few of the blanks I know it was a very low budget very short shoot mm. 18 obviously days. 18 days mm-hmm. and, and the budget was like nothing right it, very very small budget and it's made you know it's made a lot of money for a small film yeah and and um but you know working under the the circumstances that come with a low budget and a you know a short shoot and difficult subject matter could you still enjoy the experience of making this movie absolutely because it was a godsend because every single person involved wanted to be there Mm -hmm. you know nobody was earning any money and Mm -hmm. everybody does those incredible women, you know, June Squibb and Rhea Perlman, yeah. Mary Kay Place, and then Martin Starr, who's, you know, so unlike anything else I've, I've ever seen yeah. him do. Yeah. This lovely, soulful guy who's actually a Buddhist. I turned to him at one point when we were just having coffee, and he was so brought such a serenity, which helped me in my, with mm-hmm. my character. I said, are you a Buddhist by any chance? He said, yes. That's awesome. You, pen, you pegged it. Yeah. yeah, and Sam, of course, yeah. you know, Sam is just so wonderful. So everybody wanted to be there and was really pulling for it. So mm-hmm. it was this this ideal. We didn't have rehearsal, mm-hmm. but it was just an ideal coming together of people and personalities and loving experience mm-hmm. really was now i know for budgetary reasons movies are rarely shot in sequence how did that work on this one because i would think it would be kind of a emotional roller coaster to not do it in in sequence did you were you able to well the good thing is we shot all the interiors uh in the same house mm-hmm. so we could i i always requested that if i mean if could we possibly you know shoot them in sequence mm-hmm. it wasn't always possible but mm-hmm. but it does help of sure. course it's more like a theater the mm-hmm. theater which is what i do love doing coming in and in the beginning middle and end and the arc yeah yeah the arc now sam elliott is i want to ask you about him because you guys have such wonderful chemistry here and i don't mm-hmm. think you'd ever met before this I, right not at all no and I was, um, I, I was become like an old hat story now but i was really kind of had a nightmare about going to you know doing the love scenes with him with that big white mustache <laughs> i thought oh my gosh right right how are you gonna handle that <laughs> yeah, yeah and it had been a long time that i you know had a love scene or in life or not right <laughs> so. well that's the thing that i find uh, a directorial decision that's interesting was that they your first scene i believe in the movie or sam's first scene something like it was yeah. was the, it was it was the early kissing on. scene right yeah yeah 
Is that, uh, you know, for anybody, it's a, it, it can't be the, the most comfortable uh, scene to do, but you, you kind well, of fell into it? Yeah, it was easy because he was so, you know, what you, you hear Sam speak, that's <laughs> basically Sam with his wonderful, kind, uh, I thought it would be scary, but it wasn't at all. He was right. he was wonderful. Yeah. Um, made it very easy. Yeah, we had a good time. Well, when I when I spoke to him around the time the movie came out, he... He couldn't stop singing your praises. He, th- he said it was fantastic. And Isn't he good in Grandma? Do you see Grandma that? as well. And then what, he's got a third one that was also at Sundance, I think. He's had three movies this year. And, and Justify. I mean, the guy. Yeah. Uh, it's no, nice. he's, really he, impressive. There's somebody who's really coming into his own. Yeah. Well, he's always been. But yeah. I mean, in this, he's around my age. And it's just all this. He doesn't stop working. Yeah. But one thing that he brings up, which I want to ask you about, is that unfortunately, particularly in films, maybe not as much in theater or even television, there is this dearth of opportunities for women after, you know, it starts at 40, some people say, and it doesn't get better after that. So he says, I'm married to one, uh, Allie McGraw, uh, not Allie McGraw, uh, uh, Catherine, Catherine Ross. Uh, Ross, yes. Yeah. I Beautiful. think they kind of look alike. But anyway, yeah. so that was uh, Catherine Ross. And what's your take on this? I mean, why would it be that, that particularly with film and contrast it with the others? Do you find that it's worse with film? I think it's you know I'm not a really great one to talk to about it because I'm I've never been in that position of you know having a dearth of roles mm-hmm. um, especially now I think you know I remember meeting Leslie Caron years ago and mm-hmm. she said I'm leaving Hollywood they don't don't you after thirty you know but that's changed a lot maybe as the our our country is aging yeah. and we're going through all of this. This is a very difficult time in the world, and I think that people are ready for older people to have richer roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's sort of a natural growth. It seems to me that there are better and better roles for older women. I mean, I look around and see Lily and Jane Fonda yeah. and Helen Mirren and, uh, well, Meryl's not an old, old gal yet, but, I mean, you know, older women roles are sure. richer and richer than Maggie Smith. and yeah. Judy Dench. I mean, it's just, I, I think there's a big contrast to what it was even ten years ago, probably. So, I mean, I I'm certainly not complaining. No, right no, now. no. That's interesting. Theater seems to be more welcoming of characters, right? Of yeah. character parts, don't you think? I think they it always has been. Yeah. yeah. So coming honing in on a few specific things in this movie, that in I'll see you in my dreams that I thought were were particularly um, impressive, and I've got to ask you about. There's one scene. Involving a golden retriever that is like you know it comes early on early too, on and it's audibly heartbreaking for yeah. you. You go to the theater and people are you know sobbing. What's uh, what was that like for you to shoot? I again would have normally been terrified because emotion has never come easily for me on film. And uh, again, I just have to give Brett credit. Um, well, I had two golden retrievers, and they both uh. did die. And I've had dogs all my life and loved dogs. And just something about sitting in that sterile, that was not in the house, of course. Mm-hmm. I was in a vet office, sitting in this sterile place with that that stainless steel and the dog lying on it. And um, it just it just came up, it just was a well of emotion. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, thinking about the dogs and my, not to put my husband in, in second <laughs> Place, but just all of death in general. Sure. My parents, I just it just sort of washed over yeah. me. And uh, but it was 
in the script so beautifully yeah. drawn without a lot of mushy, you know, sentimental stuff. He he was so smart at cutting through a lot of the um, sentimental things. Mm-hmm. And what she said to the dog was just so very sweet and, and plain and not uh, fraught with any extraneous stuff that it just kind of... I think we did it in one take, wow. uh, one or two takes, because wow. it just kind of washed over. Yeah, well, was fantastic. A very different vibe of a scene was the karaoke uh, see, and you have a lovely voice. I think. Oh, uh, thank you. Does that song have particular meaning to you? I sang a lot of jazz in college, yeah. and so that was one of the songs in the repertoire that that we did. Yeah. You know, it dances and and things. I just that was a case of oh God, I wish we'd had another chance to do several more takes. Even though we did several takes, I was never happy with it. I said, yeah. oh, give me another chance. <laughs> <laughs> we had to move on. Sure. The third that I have to ask is. When finally, and this will not ruin it if you haven't seen the movie, but there's a scene involving a rat oh, yeah. finally being detained. Right. And then there's this uh, bursting of emotion. And for that one, take you know, take us back to that day. What was what was oh. going through for you? Oh, that was harder. I guess that was at the end. I think it was the end of the shoot. I remember being very tired because mm-hmm. there were some days that I thought, am I going to be able to get, get through it? Yeah. And so that kind of fed it in Just, a way. Yeah. And uh, and Martin, as I said, Martin's um, serenity and presence. You know, act the, everybody in this movie was so present for mm-hmm. one another. For each, uh, we were very present for one another. Yeah. Which I think lent some of that richness. So, when along the line did you kind of realize that this movie was gonna? be something special how early on were you able to know that well at Sundance I thought something that had gone wrong I mean it was really <laughs> bizarre we they stood and pl- applauded and just sort of didn't stop and I thought oh that's all those nice old ladies in the audience <laughs> and I looked around and there were quite a few you know women my age and I said oh they're just so glad that here we are Sam and Rhea and uh, but we were all there yeah, yeah. in June and Mary Kay isn't as old as we all are, but I said they're just so grateful to see these old people up there on the screen, you know, and 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 it was just colossal. I mean, we were all sort of astonished, I think, and so I didn't think anything more of it than that. But it <laughs> but was it was, pretty, uh, spe- that's it was unusual, really special. Actually, yeah. yeah, and everybody kept saying this is unusual. I thought really. <laughs> so that was very, and then of course being requested to do so many things and, and the day show and interviews, sure. and I thought, wow, I guess this is uh, has a has a life. Sure. And um, what has been the feedback? You've done a lot of, as you say, interviews, but also Q&As and all kinds of appearances, and you've gotten, I'm sure, a lot of feedback. What has been the feedback that has meant the most to you with regard to this film? I think acknowledgement. Yeah. You know, having been a supporting player all of my life, all of my career, except on in the theater, mm-hmm. it's... I, at first, I had that same strange reaction I did when I first, you know, started and had success. But I, I just have embraced the the celebration of my fiftieth year, and being acknowledged as someone who has done a good job and in a starring role in a film has yeah. just met the meant the world to me. And my children's support, my daughter Gwyneth, has been just so. It's just 
so mom you have to you just have to go to this route and do it you know come come out and just campaign for uh you're not going to get an, necessarily an oscar nomination i said no and i certainly did wouldn't even want that it's just great having this gotham nomination well that congratulations an independent yes. uh thing but you know the whole idea of coming out here and doing all of this as i'm doing with you it just was a an, an, something that that struck me as just alien and odd but mm-hmm. i'm enjoying it a lot well and let me ask you because i, I had the privilege of being on both coasts for the two uh, lunches that your children have hosted for you. One of them was around the time of the release in New York with yeah. Jake, and then right. a couple of weeks ago here in L.A., uh, Gwyneth at Craig's, and as somebody who doesn't know them, it, it was touching to hear the, the lovely things they had to say. What did it mean for you to, you know, obviously these are people that know you as well as anyone, and they are so proud and had such really terrific things to say that I, I think it seemed to move a lot of people, including you. Yeah. No, it, it was, well, my daughter is so eloquent, and uh, Jake is too. He's shyer. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, well, it meant the world, you know, because I, as a mother, when you're growing up and trying to raise children well and also act, and you you hit yourself, you know, with the hair shirt, and well, that's some mixing metaphors there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I laughs> Punishing know. yourself for um, not being completely present and you know we look back and say well I should have done that better and I should have that better and but they're both great people and uh it it means a lot to me that that they've been so so supportive and it's quite a testament that they followed your followed in your footsteps right I mean could you have uh could you have imagined that would you have wished that uh that they would (laughs) just the opposite well Jake is an extraordinary writer and director and and Bruce uh and I both really discouraged both of them. We said, yeah. your kids are smart, you know. <laughs> and we were told that one could be a lawyer and a philosopher and, and, and kept saying, you know, when she was at school in New York and Jake the same, I said, why would you want to do this, you know? It's just a, such a difficult road to hold. And um, I'm very glad they both chose it because they found their passions. Yeah. And that's all you really want your children to do is find their passion and be able to you know, flourish. And- Absolutely. Uh, so winding down here, uh, just a couple last things. I, I, what is it that you hope people who haven't yet seen the film when they go there, or I guess if they have seen it, whatever, what is it that if you could control it, they would leave the film thinking or doing differently in the real world? Are there, is there something that, you know, maybe we should be more sensitive to or think about or do differently? Yeah, I've had some young people, young women who've seen it and have just were so moved by it. And they said, you know, we think, we, we see how uh, marginalized this generation is, the older, both not only women, but um, men. And the very sensitive reaction has been, that when in tears, a few of them said, "We, you know, this will be us. And, and we have to give more cognizance, more cr- credit to, uh, to this generation. In this country, we don't do that very much. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, just to be kind. Yeah. Yeah. William James said, "Be kind, be kind, be kind." Yes, and um, carry on and not not to stop. You know, I think that's a terrible thing. Also, that a lot of people give up, as Sam says in the movie. I don't you know. I hate the idea of old age people sitting watching television and just you know, not engaging. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of I, I love seeing people do social service and. Getting out there and helping young, the young gen, younger kids 
reading or doing yeah. anything. And I, am active in Planned Parenthood and oh, in terrific. the environment for many years. And yeah. my husband's uh, Oral Cancer Foundation. And those, yes. you know, you feel like you're doing something worthwhile when sure. you're. And people should never stop because there's a lot of wisdom there. Not that I have it, but no, well, <laughs> a lot but of older people I know. I've just lost a bunch of older mm. people. It's just so sad to me mm. that have that, that gave me a lot of, um, you know, spread their wisdom around. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately for us, uh, you are already on to the next really exciting thing, which is Ruth Madoff, I believe, right? Oh. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, uh, it's funny. I had done a version of Ruth with Sarah Jessica Parker a few years ago. Amanda yeah. Peet wrote um, a, film, a play called um, The Commons of Pensacola, and Sarah Jessica and I did it off Broadway a few years ago, and I I loved it. We we, were, we weren't actually Ruth, and they were girls yes, instead of yes. the sons, the daughters, but very much based on them, and and I really enjoyed it. The uh, it was a very good experience. But uh, Madoff is is terrific. Uh, Richard Dreyfus is Bernie, okay, and he's fantastic. Uh, Ruth is sort of in and out, mm-hmm. so um, I'm not sure that I don't quite have the sense yet of right. of her of her, but I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, I'll be curious to know uh, how you what your interpretation is, whether she knew what all yeah. of that. You know, that's the. I, I don't think it, she knew. You don't think? I I actually met her. Ah, really? Yeah, I met her, and I she just seemed so wounded, you know, yeah. and yet uh, it was wonderful to see her kids, her grandkids. Uh, Adore her, and she—I guess she used to be very, very funny, and I'm, I'm sure some of that is. <laughs> well, what a Shakespearean character with yeah. the children and what's happened with them, and the whole thing. It's, I, I can't wait to yeah, see what she's doing. Sitting there it. watching her, I thought, how could she be sitting yeah. there, having lost two sons and yeah, everything, and you know, whatever life that she thought she had. Uh, but I can't, yeah. I can't wait to see that. And I just—it's such a treat to watch you act especially in in this latest uh, film and and a privilege to have you here and i just can't thank you enough well scott i appreciate you you've been such a supporter in this whole project thank you very very much Absolutely. pleasure thanks hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.